This is the message from Connection Community Church for Christmas Eve 2023, Red Carpet Christmas, VIP or MIP. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here in the sanctuary, they're online, wherever you might be. Isn't this just a glorious night? You know, they're worshiping all around the world. Of course, not at this hour. I guess there's an hour. Well, maybe somebody's worshiping right now someplace, you know. Merry Christmas. You know, in Spanish, we would say, Feliz Navidad. If, we, if it was Italy, we'd say, Buon Natale. If we were in, in Hawaii, I learned this from uh, Bing Crosby. It'd be Meli Kaliki Maka. I won't sing it, though. Trust me. In Germany, Weihnachten, something like that. In Japanese, Meri Kurismasu. Wow. And how about our friends in India? Speaking in Hindu, they would call it Krisimas Gishi Kam Nai. It's always the same thing, though, isn't it? Merry Christmas. And we say Merry Christmas because this is the night of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The most glorious night. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, everybody. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for choosing to join us tonight. We want to welcome those of you online who are here. I know that some of you are from the hospital room. We're praying for you. Some of you are worshiping uh, because of illness and you're shut in at home. We are one church, many locations. And we're so glad to be together tonight as the family of God. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this night. It's a night that is set aside from all other nights. Lord, settle us in wherever we are so that we might receive the message that you intend for each one of us as we talk about red carpet Christmas and VIP. Lord, you're so good to us. And we just want to give you the honor and the glory in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So during this month of December, on Sundays, we've been talking about red carpet Christmas, you know. Um, and, and the question is, why a red carpet? What's so special about red and why a carpet in the first place? Well, red carpet's traditionally used to make uh, the route taken by heads of states on ceremonial and uh, formal occasions, mark the route, I'm sorry, and has in recent decades um, been extended to you, be used by VIPs and celebrities at formal events. Now, the earliest reference to red carpet was a pretty long time ago, all the way back in 458 B.C., before Christ, and it was in a play called Argamemnon by Aeschylus. Yes. And so I have this phonetically and I still can't say it, so he gets to say it. So the title character returns from Troy and he's greeted by his wife, whose name is Clymenestra. And she offers him this red path for him to walk on as a sign of, of how important he is to her. And he knows that only gods walk on such luxury. And so he's kind of taken back by this expression that she is extending to him. 
So let me share with you a couple other examples of red carpet. Uh, a red carpet was rolled out to a river in South Carolina over 200 years ago to welcome President James Monroe back in 1821. And then in 1902, the New York Central Railroad began using plush red carpets to direct people as they boarded their 20th century limited passenger train. This is believed to be the first origin of the phrase red carpet treatment. And so in, 19, in the 1920s, this red carpet became synonymous with Hollywood and people that were really, you know, the rich and the famous. And the very first red carpet that was rolled out for the premiere of the movie Robin Hood was so that Douglas Fairbanks could walk on that red carpet. And then in the decades that followed, the red carpet was for people like Clark Gable and Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. Now, in 1961, this idea of red carpet was introduced at the Academy Awards, and that's what we're probably more familiar with. And then that extended to the, you know, the Golden Globes and the Grammys and my personal favorite, the CMAs, Country Music Awards. You know, we went to Nashville a few months ago and we went to the Dove Awards, and that is the awards for Christian artists and producers and, and singers, and they even had a red carpet event before the actual awards, uh, and it was very, very exciting to see who was walking on that red carpet. <laughs> so as we said a couple minutes ago, as Carrie said, red carpet was introduced over 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, 500 years. That being said, even though they'd known about black red carpets for 500 years, there was no red carpet in Bethlehem on that night of Jesus' birth. To the masses, it, it seems like just an ordinary night. Now, if there had been a red carpet, though, who would have walked on it? Who were the VIPs in that Christmas story? Well, there was Caesar Augustus. He was the, he was the emperor of Rome. That's, that's kind of VIP-ish, isn't it? Emperor of Rome. And, and, and even though Caesar Augustus uh, never considered himself a god, the Roman Senate considered him one after his death. How would you like to be voted in as a god? Wow, that's, that's kind of VIP. Trouble is, although this man has a place in the Christmas story. We read about him in Luke 2, Luke, the book of Luke chapter 2 in the Bible. He wasn't anywhere near Bethlehem the night when Jesus was born. And so that's Caesar Augustus. Who were the other VIPs? Well, what about Herod? Even though I'm not wild about Herod, he was kind of a pretty important person back then. He was the king of Judea at the time of Jesus' birth. He is also the one who ordered all little boys two years and under to be killed because he knew that the new king was being born and he was so jealous and did not want to share that title with anybody. And so King Herod in this story was a very important person, but again, he didn't even know when Jesus was being born. So he had no idea. He was probably snoozing in the palace when Jesus was born that night in the stable. Mm -hmm. As far as red carpet gatherings like 
Carrie's favorite there, the CMAs. This one was a little light on VIPs. Mary and Joseph, they're important to the Christmas story, but they're probably not VIP level, at least by the world standards. I mean, Joseph was a laboring carpenter. Mary was a God-fearing teenager. (laughs) They got angelic visits. Mary's in person. Joseph's in a dream. But here's the really, the thing that really is interesting. On those VIP red carpet things, do you ever see any of them walking up on foot? Don't they usually come on limos and stuff? I mean, Mary and Joseph went like 80 miles from Nazareth to, to, to Bethlehem on foot, or, or maybe on a donkey if you believe the Christmas cards, right? They all have her on a donkey. But I've never seen somebody ride up to the red carpet on a donkey in the CMAs. Have you? Nope. No. No, no donkeys. Um, a VIP tends to book rooms in, I don't know, the Ritz-Carlton, the plaza, for themselves and for the, those guys traveling with them. A night in a stable with an entourage of goats and sheep, that hardly spells VIP, does it? Well, and then there were the shepherds, but they were hardly important people in that time and in that culture. These were men who were ritualistically unclean. They were dealing with animals all day, all night. They were considered low life, bottom of the socioeconomic scale. They were outsiders. No one wanted to be around the shepherds. Not the type of people that you would spend time with. If there had been a red carpet in Bethlehem that night, the shepherds definitely would not have been on it. Mm. And so we have to ask why. Why did somebody as important as Jesus, why did someone as important as Jesus not come to town differently than he did? Why didn't he come as a VIP? Why poverty instead of posh? Why a stable rather than a palace? Why a manger instead of a gold-encrusted crib? Why were a carpenter and a teenage girl this baby's parents rather than royalty? Why were his first visitors shepherds instead of kings and queens? And by the way, where was the red carpet that night? Debbie Morgan is our incredible director of office operations, and she sent us an article at the beginning of the week about this guy named Bernard of Clairvaux. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he lived in the 12th century, and he was a theologian, he was a reformer, he was a mystic, he was an abbot of a monastery. And the article was about Bernard and his take on the birth of Jesus Christ. In this article, Bernard noted that Jesus could have been born in a palace. He could have been, but he chose not to. Instead, Jesus chose a small, poor village. Now, the reason that Bernard believed that this is what Jesus chose is this. The only commodity absent in heaven and abundant on earth is poverty. I'm going to say that again. It's kind of deep. 
the only commodity absent in heaven and abundant on earth is poverty. And so Jesus came, Jesus chose to enter the world in poverty, not some high and mighty, but humbly, perhaps so we could relate to him. Mm. Bernard said a mouthful, I think. Jesus could have chosen a palace. He, he could have chosen to come in as a VIP. He could have chosen to receive the red carpet treatment. It was his choice. Just like at the other end, at, at the end of his life, he, he chose to allow them to strip, whip, criticize, crucify, as painful and as pitiful as that was. His choice. And he chose for his birth poverty rather than a palace. He, he chose humble rather than haughty. He chose common rather than cultured. He chose to look more like a commoner than a king. Why? Because he chose to look a lot like you and me, didn't he? He, he, he chose to come as someone that you and I could relate to. Well, that's not to say that his entrance was completely devoid of the hoopla or fanfare or fuss. I mean, most of us in our birth, first of all, it wasn't prophesied centuries before and written down by the uh, prophets, the who, the what, the where, the when, like it was with Jesus. Most of us didn't have our births previewed uh, to our parents by these uh, celestial angels coming to make visits. Most of us didn't have birth announcements or invitations that went like this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Well, today, when there's a birth announcement, and especially when there is a gender reveal, there's, you know, Big reveals going on. There's websites just dedicated to how to do that so creatively. It might be blue fireworks or pink fireworks or smoke guns, or it could be filling inside of cupcakes and you take a bite and it's either pink or blue. There can be lots and lots of fun. We've experienced that with a couple of our grandkids. Now, when our kids were born, we didn't have that kind of thing. <laughs> But we did get like two lines in the local newspaper. So that was pretty cool. That was really fun. But it certainly wasn't, you know, Aaron, Megan, Devin, Turner, their births were not prophesied centuries before it happened. Although God did know centuries before they ever came. Definitely there was no angelic notification to me. Uh, he wasn't, God didn't show up with an angel in a dream to Alan. You know, there was an awful lot of fanfare for the one 
whose actual birth could not have been more under the radar, more humble, more simple. There was a divine buildup for a very human entrance. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on, per and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So in this Luke scripture in chapter 2, we have an angelic choir in the sky one minute, and then we have lowly shepherds in the stable the next. We have the divine next to the human. We have the glorious next to the humble, the eternal next to the everyday. Can you even begin to imagine what that night would have been like? That night, oh, holy night, oh, holy night divine. So we've been given this idea of VIPs a lot of thought this week. And obviously the center of attention on this holy night was in the manger there, the baby Jesus. Definitely VIP material there, yeah. But you know, we've come to the conclusion who the real VIPs were that night. We think the real VIPs were you and us. You and us. Not because of anything we do or say, <laughs> hardly. Not because we're well-known politicians, entertainers, and athletes. Not, not because we have a great deal of influence, power, and authority. We're not the VIPs for any of those reasons. Quite simply, we are the VIPs because God came to earth that night, that first Christmas night, that holy night, God came to earth for us. For us. God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. God came to earth that first Christmas night so that he might teach us the way, the truth, and, and what the new life, his new life for us is all about. God knew that we needed a Savior, and we were so important to Him that He did something radical. He came to earth, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. He came to be our shepherd. He came to bring light to the darkness. He came to show us what kindness looked like, what compassion looks like, what love looks like. That's why he came. He came to bring us peace. And you know, there are, especially it seems like right now, we're just searching for peace. We're trying to find peace. Well, the only peace that we really find peace in is in Jesus Christ. And that's why he came. 
He came to bring us peace. He walked the earth for 30 years, and then he allowed himself. He chose to be sacrificed on a cross so that we could experience new life. We could experience freedom. Our chains could be gone. We could receive forgiveness and forgive others. We could be redeemed. He traded his life for ours so that we could have life here on earth and in heaven. Why did he do it? Ultimately, he did it because he wants to be with us forever. He wants a relationship with you and me. He wants it here on earth, but he wants it for eternity. He wants you for eternity so we can live forever with God. Our, our lives can be very short, but with God, that's forever, forever. And can you imagine just seeing the face of God and the glory of God? That's what he wants. That's what he wants for you and for me. And he did that so that death could be defeated. He could show us that death doesn't win, but there is new life in Christ. In God's eyes, you are the VIP. That's how much he wanted us to know. That's how much he wanted you to know how important you are to him. He went great distance, great length, so that we could share eternity forever with God. We hope that you walk away knowing that he loves you so much and cares for you beyond measure. You're the apple of his eye. You're the VIP. Hmm. So if you and I are the VIPs, where does that leave Jesus? Seems like if we call him a VIP, it leaves it a little short, doesn't it? So how about we call him the MIP, the most important person? Be because there is no one more important. Born in a stable, placed in a manger, living a humble life to bring healing and wholeness to humankind. Allowing himself to suffer an excruciating death to bring salvation to the world. To the world. It's not just the world, but the world. This night, this holy night, this silent night, God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Right there, right here with you and me to let us know how much he loves us how much He values us, how much He wants to spend time with us. How much time? Eternity. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> long time with the MIP, most important person, Jesus Christ. The Christ. The Messiah. The Anointed One. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Savior of the world. Savior of you and me. That's the good news. Amen? Amen. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for coming into this world. Humble, humble surroundings. And Lord, you loved us so much. 
We read in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And God, verse 17, For God did not come into the world to condemn the world. That's us. You did not come to condemn us but to save us. Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace, your saving love that you chose to come to earth as an innocent child. You were born to die so that we might live. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room that has any question about what their life looks like in the future. I would pray that they would just have a yes to you. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. Yes, Lord, I confess to you that I can't do it myself. Yes, Lord, you are my Savior. Thank you. God, thank you for this night that is set apart. Set apart silent night holy night thank you for gathering us as the family of God one church many locations we glorify your name Father Son Savior of the world Holy Spirit Amen thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church for more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.